Okay, we're back and ready for the second half of our interview with Nick Spencer. And we're going to talk a little bit about his role as a bivocational pastor, some good points and some bad points. I mean, there are a lot of people who are having to do that, and it's not all bad. There's some good things about that role. And then also just some encouragement for people who are considering ministry. So I think you'll enjoy the rest of this interview. So enjoy the rest of my time with Pastor Nick Spencer. So kind of um, moving on a little bit, what are some of the difficulties of being a bivocational pastor? Time is a difficulty. Um, I, with my job, I have seasons of the year that are just, it's, it's a real time crunch on me to, to get in a proper amount of study and, and, and be fully prepared for Sunday morning. Um, I teach adult Sunday school. I preach, um, some Sundays, rarely now, but initially I had, I led the singing every Sunday. So I had to pick out the songs mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing too. Uh, I'm involved with our Wednesday night youth ministry. Uh, so there are certain portions of the year that just finding that time has been very difficult. And the blessing of growing is that there have been godly people who said, you know what, your plate's pretty full, pastor. Mm-hmm. How about I take this particular thing off you? Uh, and, and, and not in a, a, a mean-spirited way, just mm-hmm. you know, coming alongside yep. and helping to bear that burden. And that's been mm-hmm. a real blessing. Um, other drawbacks to bivocational ministry. Um, on the flip side of people seeing you as fully invested because you have uh, an, another occupation here, another anchor, uh, there are those people who think, well, you can't be a pastor and have another job right. as well. So there's that just distrust of, of your committedness to the ministry. Right. Um, and, and there's other things, uh, things I'd like to take advantage of, but just because you just don't have the availability. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastor's fellowships I'm a part of that I miss big chunks of the year. <laughs> and those guys don't see me. And then I just plop in and they're like, who's the new guy? <laughs> but but they're gracious and they're, and they're so helpful in lifting me up in prayer. And um, yeah, just coming alongside me in those times where I can be there. Right. So Yeah, I do yeah. think one of the, the bivocational pastor benefits is having people in your church that recognize that it's a good thing that you're doing both of these. So how can I help with some of those things that might be missing? But that's a way for you to um, to provide ministry opportunities for people who, if you do everything, then they say, oh, yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they need to grow, and part of their growth is being involved in ministry. So it provides very clear need. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Absolutely does. And, and that it, I think it is a good thing. If, if I was full-time, at a church our size, mm-hmm. I would expect of myself to do everything. Right. And I'm sure the people would too. Right. Um, whereas with uh, my availability uh, and with my support, they, they recognize, well, this isn't a full-time job for him. Right. Uh, so yeah, those, yeah, those ministry opportunities are there. And it's, it's a great avenue of growth for those people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, really, it probably is a mistake or at least um, we over overdo it sometimes. Pastors that are full-time feel too much that they need to do everything mm-hmm. when it does take away. There, there are people who need to be taking steps of faith and we're not giving them that opportunity yeah. because we feel we do feel responsible. Hey, I'm getting paid to do this, so I got to do it. Right. But part of that's the Ephesians 4, equipping people for the work of the ministry. That means sometimes the work of the ministry is preparing him to do this. And I could do it maybe better, yeah. but he needs to do it. Right. And I think the 
you kind of have to prepare the church for that. Mm-hmm. But a Bible covenant pastor, you have the the benefit of going like, I just can't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it does it's make a that a little easier. <laughs> it is a reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say the other, finally, the probably the last drawback that I can see is um, availability, balance in life. Sure. Um, my family does suffer somewhat yeah. uh, because I have two full-time jobs. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's there's rarely a moment where there's nothing to do. Right. So uh, you're not finding more than 24 hours in a day? <laughs> no, I have not. When I do, I'll let you know. If you do, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking for that, and I just can never quite come across right. it. It just seems like it should be there. But <laughs> the fact that you have two jobs, does it give you that? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't stretch the day in any way. <laughs> That's often a reality in ministry that you do have you're pulled in different directions and then your family is the easiest, unfortunately, to go next week. Yeah. (laughs) And I know that's one of the struggles that we're having now with Mm -hmm. where we are and my wife's kind of stuck at home and the kids are kind of this middle ground going like, well, I'm not sure what to do. I mean, fortunately, the two older ones are old enough where like, hey, you guys are adults. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel quite as bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the ones at home, yeah, you know, you feel like, well, I mean, the job's not done yet, but I just don't really, you know, it's something's got to give sometimes. And yeah. unfortunately, it's the child at home um, are the... You know, with with Susan being stuck at home, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that's like, well, this is not ideal. And you go, yeah, well, it's not, but but it's temporary, right? We're praying. <laughs> <laughs> We're praying it's temporary. It's temporary. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's just a reality of ministry that you are, you're juggling a lot of things. Right. You know, and throughout the year, particularly farming, there are times in the year where one of the balls gets a lot bigger. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm right at the end of that right now. I have a couple more weeks in the field, but it's, it's pretty easy time in the field. So, yeah. and, and there's blessings there even because mm-hmm. with that job, uh, I, I know, I know other bivocational pastors, they clock in nine to five, right. you know, and they're not around their family. They're not available to their congregation, mm-hmm. um, where mine is still somewhat flexible. Uh, there, there are days where, you know, uh, I can just say, you know what, why don't, why don't you come along with me to work today? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes my kids are excited about that. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> and, and there are, are days where I can say, you know what, let's just, just shut the machinery down and we're, it's church is starting. Let's go. You know, and I think that's good for my kids to witness and, and, and yeah. see that, that there are priorities. And yeah, and, yeah that's good to be able to live that in front of the church too. So, yeah. yeah. Even though life's busy, you, you still, you get to choose a lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of your time, you, you still get to choose. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't really prepare any more questions. So I guess I, I would <laughs> ask kind of uh, closing, do you have maybe a couple of lessons that you've learned in the past couple of years that you think, you know, if somebody's, uh, I don't know, a lot of our, our conversation has been kind of that, that following God. Yeah. And seeing how God, how to, how to discern God's will or how to uh, make steps. But somebody's looking at the future, so I don't know what the future holds, but I want to be the right person to make those decisions. Do you have any advice for that person of how to be the right person so that you can see the open door? I mean, that's part of it. How to be the right person to see the open door. Yeah. Um, well, kind of what I alluded to with the advice I got from uh, those godly preachers um, Try it. Hmm. You know, it. You'll find out if the door's closed. 
<laughs> you know, your face will bump into it. <laughs> and, and that's, that's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, the first sermon I gave was probably about 10 minutes long and that was okay. Uh, and, uh, it, 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 other opportunities opened up and other chances to grow happened. And so, um, I think that we get caught up in this idea, like I need to be a professional at it before I ever try. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that somebody stepped into my life and said, you don't have to be a professional first. Right. You know, God, God doesn't need what, you know, you have to bring to the table. He, right. he has everything you need when you get there. Uh, and so that, that has been a great one. And it's one I continually trust in mm -hmm. as I minister, mm -hmm. because if inevitably uh, ministry brings you situations that you do not feel equipped for. Right. Uh, and you just, you, you take those steps in faith mm -hmm. continually. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm sure I'll mess up more as I go. <laughs> but so much I have found uh, just the blessing of God behind my inability to see mm -hmm. what's out there, you know, in the future, uh, looking back, even on my short ministry here, um, just what God has done and the blessings he has granted, uh, every, you know, very early on that there were just every week, I'm like, there's going to be no one here next week. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to run everybody off. <laughs> they are gone. And yet, no, you know, it, it, it is, it, you're missing out. Right. I, I want to tell that person who's hesitant yeah. to try, yeah. you're missing out yeah. uh, in, in the blessings of God and your growth as a believer if, if you don't try. Yeah. And we're, we're going through the book of Acts right now as a church. That's what I'm preaching through. Um, the boldness of the church to, mm -hmm. to do new things mm -hmm. um, and, and knowingly breaking the, the status quo. Right. Because God's leading them to. Uh, is is evident like chapter after chapter after chapter, and so um, it's just uh, encouraging me, and I'm trying to encourage our church at the same time that that that's that's what we're called to as believers. That's you know that is the the process of discipleship, <laughs> stepping forward in boldness and not knowing how this is going to be received, not knowing how this is going to go, mm -hmm. and and you know. And, and it can, like you were alluding to, it can start in any, any direction that we might not recognize, and it can go anywhere uh, based on God's sovereign plan. And it is a, a thrill yeah. to be a part of it. It, it really is. is. Yep. And that's what I mean by them missing out, is you're missing out on the, the real joy of ministering with God. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the rewards are, are worth the risk. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we, we put our eyes on the risk when we should have our eyes on God. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, you might fail sometimes, but God gives us great freedom to fail. Mm -hmm. And I think some, we learn some of our best lessons when we fail. Mm -hmm. And we, one of the lessons we learn is that I did miserably. I, I failed utterly. But then to, to hear stories of how God used my failure mm -hmm. to, to help right. encourage somebody else. And there's, there's great freedom to, to try things because the call is 
there's such a need mm-hmm. to be disciple makers, to be pursuing Christ, to be salt and light. So I, I don't know if I can do it well enough. You can do it well enough. Right. If God gives you that opportunity, that means you can do it well enough. Right. I mean, it means, and you say, well, I'm going to mess it up. It means that if you mess it up, that's what God needed in this other person's life. They right. may need to be encouraged that you did horrible and they go, I could do better than that. That may be what they need. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's just reality. Right. Sometimes we feel like, well, I got to do it well. Well, sometimes God puts you there because you can't do it well, mm-hmm. which means you're going to trust him more. And other people are going to go, well... God was in that because that person just, (laughs) 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 that was all God. Yeah. And that's what we want. Absolutely. You know, I I don't want to succeed and people go, wow, Norman's really good at that. Right. You know, I want people to say, well, God is awesome. Right. And that's like, again, going back to Acts, they, that's, that's the response every time when they, when they are acting by the movement of the spirit in their life. Mm -hmm. It's not that people praise Peter. They don't praise Paul. They praise God. God God is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's what we want. And uh, part of waiting until we're better at it is trying to take some of God's glory. Probably. Yeah. God gives you that opportunity. That means he's got this. Mm -hmm. So try. Right. I think that's my encouragement. I mean, keep, keep in God's word, be the right person, be, be, Spending time in prayer, spending time in God's word, time in God's family. And then when God gives you that opportunity, try. Right. Step out in faith and say, God, uh, if you can use it, I'm, I'm going to do my best and trust that even though my best is probably terrible, mm-hmm. that you are more than capable of making up the difference so that this accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. Right. And, and, and my own testimony, and I imagine many people's testimony, is to think back on the, the most influential uh, believers in your life, the people who have touched you the most, they aren't professionals. They aren't perfect at mm-hmm. their role in the church, but they were significant mm-hmm. in, in, in my growth. Right. You know, my, my grandma, she had another job. It, she wasn't a professional Sunday school teacher. Right. Uh, you know, my friends and acquaintances in the church, they aren't anybody famous. They aren't, mm-hmm. you know, they aren't setting the world on fire like, right. you know, a great evangelist or something. Yep. They're just ordinary people living for Jesus Christ uh, alongside other ordinary people. And but they had a place of significance in my walk. Right. And and. Anybody can be that, be that if they just yield to the Lord's leading. Mm-hmm. Now, the two um, men who had the biggest impact in my life, I have distinct pictures of one of them's living room because that's where the conversations took place mm-hmm. and the other one's basement. Right. And in both cases, like, it's just a conversation with this person. And sometimes it's multiple conversations over time. Sure. But in that time, I heard how many sermons and how many preachers and very few of those do I come back to and say, yeah, that was a sermon or even a... a a preacher that really, it was their preaching that impacted me. Mm-hmm. Even the preacher, the pastor that impacted me the most, my view of him is I was at work and him coming to where I worked to stop by and, and talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the guy that impacted me, not the Sunday morning sermon, although they did impact me. Yeah. But the ones that really stand out, that the ones that made the difference were when he was just an average Joe coming in and saying, how are you doing? Right. Uh, and I think all of us have the potential to be that person. Mm-hmm. And that's really, if I could leave us with one thing, it's be that person. Right. Be, be willing to be intentional and invest in the relationships that God's given you. And that's yeah. people at work, people, your neighbors, your family. Um, make sure that you bring Christ in the conversation yeah. and help people to grow. Take those steps of faith because one day you may be that person that they think back on and go, yeah, that was a conversation that was life-changing for me. And you don't know which one that's going to be. Right. No, 
You don't want to be that person. Have enough of those conversations where you're going like, I'm giving a shot at being that person in somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for allowing me to come here and chat with you. This has been great. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed my visit with Pastor Spencer. It's always interesting to hear different people's stories of how God has worked in their life, how God is continually growing them and giving them opportunities in ministry. And particularly as Pastor Spencer is a bivocational pastor, he's a farmer, which I think, you know, a farmer, that's a hard enough job as it is. And then you add to all that physical labor, you add the the mental and emotional and spiritual side of being a pastor. And I just think, wow, that's got to be an incredibly difficult situation. Although, you know, maybe there's a good balance there where he has the the physical side of working hard and then the mental side of using using his brain too. So maybe that ends up being a good balance for him. I do think the pastors in our small towns need our prayers. So I don't know who you are, how big the church that you are part of is, but spend some time and pray for your pastor. It's a difficult job, and they have to balance a lot of different kinds of decisions. As you hear in Pastor Spencer's story, you know, you do have the reality of needing to take care of a family and the desire to shepherd a flock of people and and encourage and help them as they grow. But the realities of 24 hours in a day you run up against that on a regular basis. So do pray for uh, your pastor and your church. Be willing to step up and and help out. As we think about this idea of, of ministry, it's true that God often opens a door for you today that you have no idea where it's going to go. You have no idea where you'll be 10 years down the road, five years down the road, tomorrow even. But You don't know where God might take you as you follow these opportunities for service, for ministry now. One of the ways to be open to what God is doing is to look around the group of people that you call your church family now. Uh, Talk to the people who are the responsible parties, the people who have that uh, shepherding role and say, you know, what can I do to support you in your role? How can I help you? be a better shepherd? How can I free up some of your time? What are things that I could take off your plate? You know, I think that's a great way to serve them. Uh, It's also a great way to begin to develop some of that burden for your church, for shepherding the church. And maybe God has that for you, maybe He doesn't, but certainly you've been given gifts that the church needs. And if you make yourself available I just believe that you will find opportunities to serve in a way that you'll find fulfilling and encouraging. You know, it's we, we say it's better to give than receive, and we often think about presents when we do that. But I think that serving other people really is one of those things that, that gives us peace, that gives us joy. We recognize that our lives have some meaning and purpose when we serve other people, and often we, we recognize that meaning and purpose in a way that we don't see in other ways. You know, often as I think about my life and the choices I make, I, I do think about how my life can have value to others. I want the things that I do to count for eternity. So I want to be quick to volunteer, to help, 
to serve, uh, to come alongside others. You know, I want to look back and not have any regrets that I missed opportunities to help someone uh, because I was uh, scared or because I was too busy, uh, because I didn't have uh, time or energy or the desire or, or just was blind and didn't see it. So one way to make sure that doesn't happen to you uh, is to go ahead and be proactive. You know, ask, is there something that I can do? Kind of along those lines, you know, often think about the one another's. You know, I mentioned that a lot. And the idea from Ephesians that we're to be equipping the church for the work of the ministry. You know, there, there should be people in your life who are looking at you as, a, as they shepherd you in your spiritual growth and consider how can you grow and develop new talents and abilities that, that you can use for the glory of God and for His kingdom and for His church. But you don't have to wait and rely on someone else to come up to you and point those things out. You know, part of being intentional is to examine your own life. And we just talked about that last week, thinking about this idea of self-evaluation. As you evaluate who you are, where you are, what your gifts are, what the opportunities for service are in your life, you can stop and consider how you might be able to gain some skills now, how you might be able to be intentional about developing in different parts of your life. Some things are obvious and, and maybe are limited to what you can do. If you think about your prayer life or something like your Bible study, you, you might be able to get some advice and help, but you might see those as kind of smaller things or things that are more personal, more individual. You can go ahead and think beyond that. If you have a desire or an interest in teaching, ask someone who you see around you who is a good teacher, would you coach me or mentor me, disciple me, whatever word you want to use, would you teach me what you know about being a good teacher? You know, I want to learn and grow in this area. Ask. And I think a lot of people would be very happy to help you. Just about any area. If you're interested in being involved more in music ministry, ask, is there something you can learn? If you don't know how to lead music, to lead uh, like the, the song service. If you ask somebody, it's not that complicated. Most people probably can learn how to do it. So look at the things, that, the gifting you have and also the interest that you have and say, is there a way I can be intentional and develop some of these things a little more so that I am maybe down the road able to use them more intentionally in ministry? I think that's, it's great to be proactive in those things. If you're one of those people who is already active, then the other side of that coin, part of being a disciple maker, is to look at the other people around you who could be developing those things and ask, how can I help them? And really, I think for every church body, we should be looking at the younger people. I think it's a great idea if you have two or three piano players in your church to look for an opportunity maybe to offer piano lessons officially through the church to other young people. Now, some churches only have one or don't have any. Well, one reason we get there, it does cost money to take piano lessons. I think the church could help with that. And certainly the church benefits by having more piano players. A lot of people don't have a piano at home. If uh, people are close enough, can offer the church piano for practice. Maybe you have a second one in a practice room. But make those things available so that 
other people can gain these skills, and the church benefits down the road as young people pick up these talents. But look at the high school, the junior high. If you're a a deacon in the church, look at those young men and begin to develop relationships with them and teach them what they need to learn to be able to do what you do. What are the things that they have to value? What are the the skills that they can be developing? Talk to them about the character that God cares so much about. He's developing us into a certain kind of person. Help them see that. It's part of being a disciple maker. You know, you have the opportunity as you have grown and learned and matured, hopefully, (laughs) you have the opportunity to invest in other people. And I think sometimes as we get older, we don't look to those young people. We say, well, they're not going to listen to me. Now, I don't have anything to offer. But I think a lot of people will respond. If you're willing to reach out, uh, spend some time with them and share with them, hey, I'd like to uh, help you see what it means to fill this role in the church. Even as a Sunday school teacher, to share with them, what does it look like to prepare a Sunday school lesson? You know, take a high schooler and say, hey, would you be interested in learning how to teach a Sunday school class? You know, if your church is one that offers summer classes that are different than the rest of the year, that might be a great time to invite young people to help teach classes, to learn what it means to be a leader in that context, how to prepare a lesson, uh, invite them along and allow them to teach some le- some lessons and give them some uh, positive feedback, some encouragement, uh, give them some structured feedback that would encourage them to develop in that area of their life. Because you're you're praying, you're hoping that one day they will be able to do that. They will fill that role, whether it's in your church or another one. You want that to be part of their life. So help them develop those skills. Have a, a youth pastor. Same thing. Look at the, the young people in the church and those who have uh, the potential to really be more involved in ministry. And as a youth pastor, I think it's a great idea to consider where are places where we can plug these guys in, these ladies in, where they can be learning from other adults in the church. Present that idea to some of the older people in the church. Look for those opportunities for the older people and the younger people to mingle more, to have valuable conversations. As you think about even talking about dating, you know, a lot of high school, college and careers classes talk about the relationships that we have, about dating, about planning for the future. I think it'd be a great idea to connect them with older people in the church who have healthy marriages, who have done well, and ask them to share what have they prioritized in their marriage to help them develop this healthy, healthy relationship. Uh, Look for opportunities to allow the older women to teach the younger women, to allow the older men to teach the younger men. And encourage, as you talk to the young people, encourage them to take advantage of these, these opportunities, these relationships, because they won't be there forever. There are questions that you can ask today that this person has the answer to, but they're not going to be there forever. So ask those questions while you can. I think as we encourage our young people to grow, to learn, to continually be pursuing Christ-likeness, to encourage them to invest in the relationships with older people is something that's always going to yield benefits down the road. Well, Thanks for joining me today. If you have questions or comments about today's show or about anything to do with the spiritual life, disciple making, I would love to get an email from you. You can 
send one to Norman at runwithhorses.net. Or you can look up the Run With Horses Facebook page and ask me why I'm not posting there. I'd love to hear from you. Whatever you do, keep running. <laughs>